0: Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I am your host Miles Dawson and today I'm very lucky to be joined by our European Devices Research Team at IDC. Uh, There's three of you so I thought it would be easier to introduce yourselves rather than me do it so could you uh, just go around the table quickly start with you Francisco? Hi my name is Francisco
1: Geronimo and I lead the research on devices uh, in Western Europe. Hi my name is Francisco Almeida and I'm responsible for the European markets around wearables and AR VR technologies. Hi, my name is Antonio Arantz, and I'm responsible for the
2: Smart Home Device Striker in Western Europe.
0: Brilliant. Well, guys, uh, we're here today to talk about CES, uh, one of the biggest consumer tech shows of the year, which was just recently held earlier on in January 2019 in beautiful Las Vegas. So um, let's kick off, and uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about CES? How was it?
1: It was brilliant. Uh, it's one of the, the biggest technology shows in the world and it's an event like no other, uh, both in the number of technologies covered and the, the number of attendees, which was around 180,000 attendees, uh, 4,500 companies and I think they broke the record for startups present at the show this year.
2: Yeah, it was my first time at the event and for tech lovers like us, it's like Candyland. <laughs> we, have the, we have the big players over there but at the same time we had a lot of cool stuff. And see, it's always eye-opening to walk through Eureka Park, which is, of course, the startup hub, and the energy that you feel there, it's just
3: amazing. Yeah, and uh, I have a confession to make. I've never been at CES, uh, but I always follow the event very closely, and definitely I agree with Antonio. It's like a candy bar shop. You find all sorts of technologies a lot of very cool, innovative things, but also a lot of rubbish, if we can say that. But one, one important thing about CES is that it sets the tone for the year. It's the first and the biggest consumer electronics shows in the world. And clearly, there's that's that's the place where we are going to see what are the major technologies that may become mass market or may may mean nothing. But clearly, that's the place where manufacturers and the biggest industry players
0: show what they are working on. Absolutely, as you say, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year and the rest of the shows that are going to be run. So, on that note then, if you had to point out the key trends that happened this year, what, what do you think they would be? Uh, for me, the the broader
1: takeaway of CES is the intertwining of different technologies into the broader technology market, meaning that technology is no longer just a vertical, it's the Common denominator that all companies must account for. And and I know this sounds completely obvious for uh, digital native companies, but a lot of enterprises always focused solely on their own areas of expertise. And it's clear now that these companies have to start looking around. They can no longer afford not to pay attention to the shifts happening around them if they want to have a sustainable path and if they want to continue relevant. They have to pay attention to the surrounding ecosystems and platforms. Exactly. Take uh, everyday objects that we have at home, for example.
2: A lot of brands showed what you can do in a fully automated smart home and how easy is the interaction through voice. For example, Samsung had a really cool demo with Bixby where the voice assistant could identify what you had in the fridge, suggest recipes with those ingredients and after you select one, turn on the stove or preheat the oven with the required temperature
1: big brands like LG or TCL or, or Samsung that have a broad uh, a broad portfolio of products, they, they, were, they were kind of taking the spotlight to show how their product lines can, can create synergy combined to, to leverage the fact that they can cover different aspects of, of consumers' lives and also to, to show partners and investors that they can diversify their revenue streams going forward. Yeah,
3: that, that, that's a good point because it's not just about the hardware anymore, it hasn't been for, for quite a while, and now it's very it's becoming very clear that it's all about the ecosystem, the services, and even companies like Apple, who usually don't are not at these kind of events. Um, they, they there was a big announcement around the partnership with Samsung, where uh, the Samsung TVs will uh, have embedded the iTunes and uh, and the availability of AirPlay in other smart TV brands. Uh, like LG, Sony, etc. So it's all about making the integration of all the services uh, into the, the and making sure that they take fully advantage of the ecosystem. And that's that was a big uh, takeout from CES this year. Definitely
0: opening up to third parties. And I think Bixby had an announcement about
2: that, didn't they? Yes, Samsung announced new partnership for Bixby, including Google apps, with the ones that you use every day, like gmail youtube and google maps and this will bring much more relevance to samsung's ai in order to compete in a market where the two main players as you know amazon alexa and google assistant account for over 76 percent of total smart speaker market
3: yeah the smart speaker market is just exploding our um, smart home tracker Uh, shows a very strong uptake of smart speakers around the world, particularly uh, in markets where Amazon and Google are really um, uh, fighting hard to really enter the market and and convince consumers um, about the benefits of smart speakers. And, And voice assistants, digital assistants are spreading across all sorts of consumer electronics. It's not just about the smartphone or the smart speaker. You will have... Um, voice assistance on microwaves, on appliances. Amazon last year, they announced and they launched a microwave that runs Alexa, so it's probably a, a bit too much having, having Alexa on, on a microwave, but clearly we will uh, basically control all our devices through our voice and that was really strong at CES this year.
0: And that was actually one of the points I wanted to touch on because we've been talking about uh, talk about Alexa, all about Google Assistant. and um, who, who out of those two do you think won the battle?
2: Well, I cannot say that there is a clear winner but it was an interesting battle to watch for sure. Their positioning on the event was totally different. On one side we had Amazon, that, as usual, gave the attention to their partners, showcasing all different devices that are Alexa-enabled, going from normal smart speakers to earbuds and even microwaves and a a piano. Also, they reinforced its position in the AI assistant market with new top-tier partnerships, such as the integration of Alexa voice controls on LG TVs. On the other side, we had Google that had a massive booth outside the convention center where they even had a ride, like an amusement park. I tried, it was pretty fun. (laughs) They created several storytelling exhibits showing all the ways you can use Google Assistant throughout the day. Also, a lot of new improvements to to, to the AI were introduced, such as real-time speech translation available in 27 languages. A big announcement was Google Assistant Connect, similar to what you have with Amazon, the Amazon Alexa Connect Kit, that it's going to allow device makers to easily integrate the Google Assistant AI without having to add microphones or even new components. With that, Google pretends to expand even more the portfolio device working with Google Assistant which according to them is going to reach 1 billion devices in the end of January so, Miles, going back to your question it's not about who's winning but, to be honest, my first question when I went to see a new product was is this Alexa or Google Assistant enabled? so, in, in the end, they both won
0: Absolutely. So other than um, other than smart assistants, there was another hot topic uh, going on at CES, and it's one that we've actually talked about a number of times on the podcast, which is 5G. So uh, what do you think happened there at CES? What was the coverage like? Yeah, 5G
3: was definitely one of the, the, the topics that uh, we saw several announcements, and it's, it's one of the major topics that... Uh, we will see this year happening as 5G becomes commercially available. Uh, Intel announced Project Athena, a uh, big push for, for 5G and AI to establish the, the new industry has specifications for laptops and, and computers. Um, they, they they contacted with partners like Dell and Google and HP and the biggest uh, PC makers. Uh, there were announcements from um, carriers where, a, where AT&T announced it's plans to roll out 5G to hospitals and stadiums. Qualcomm did very did several announcements showing uh, the potential of 5G. They had this cool uh, demo where uh, there was a VR headset playing a video stream. Uh, and it, that was live through the 5G network and of course from the phone makers uh, Samsung had a prototype of a 5G, potentially the, the one of the versions of the Galaxy S10 um, and and even Qualcomm uh, made announcements, they mentioned um, the, the, that 35 devices will be launched this year the majority of them smartphones so clearly 5G was part of every single discussion because it's not just about the the, the networks or, or the mobile devices is about everything that we'll be able to take advantage from devices to cars, autonomous cars, IoT, etc., etc. So clearly a very strong topic. Definitely, and we're not
0: quite at MWC yet, and I'm sure we'll do a podcast to review what's come there. But uh, what else exciting happened in the mobile world at CES?
3: Yeah, one one of the, the from the devices space, particularly especially from smartphones. Um, the, 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 this company, Royal, they were showcasing the FlexPy, the foldable device they announced last year, which basically tricked. The interest uh, around flexible displays and Samsung came a bit later announcing they will have a foldable uh, smartphone this year so foldable devices and smartphones will be uh, the key announcements at MWC this year in, in my opinion and we started to see the first signs of that happening at CES with this specific device uh, the FlexPi, and which grabbed a lot of attention many 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 people went just to see the device how it looks the experience the user interface uh, the quality of the hardware etc and even if there are many questions about the potential opportunity for flexible display especially the uptake from consumers in the short term uh, because the prices will be quite high the technology is not mature enough clearly this is one of the hottest hardware trends that we will see this year and at CES uh, that
1: started to become a reality. And what you're saying about foldable displays, it's actually applicable to the whole event because most of what you see at CES doesn't have a proper co- consumer fit, even though it's the consumer electronics show. May not um, may not even have any applicability, <laughs> but... <laughs> exactly. So most of what you see, uh, it's great to 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 understand what's coming into the tech world uh, the so-called leading indicators that might have later on some some sort of mass market appeal but to your point like there are some misleading indicators so a couple of years back we certain technologies like 3D TVs you could see 3D TVs all around the show floor but that doesn't mean that the end consumer is ready to embrace it uh And on that note, I wanted to shift the conversation to one of my my favorite topics, uh, AR-VR. One thing in regards to evolution of customer fit I liked seeing was lightweight augmented reality glasses, which I consider to be a step in the right direction towards uh, a potential customer fit in the coming years. Uh, I never get tired of saying this, but for the consumer side at least, Wearables should be wearable. So it was, it was kind of nice to see products like the Views Explay, the Focals by North, or, or even Lights by Unreal, taking into account uh, customer-centric aesthetics and, and put something out that actually resembles normal reading normal glasses.
0: Absolutely. Now that sounds interesting. I want to get myself some of those. They've been on my agenda for a while to get (laughs) it because I remember when Google Glass came out, and uh, obviously it was only a very limited uh, run that you had to kind of I think you had to to, and very expensive, and (laughs) they didn't work brilliantly, but it was just an idea. And but you knew that when that happened, it was going to be down the line, and things were going to start finally rolling out. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that moves. Um, Any other technologies then that kind of caught your eye? Definitely robotics. Mm -hmm. So.
1: There were plenty of robots uh, on the show floor, from dancing little robots to techno songs to professional ping-pong playing robots. But what really got me curious is the potential for personal care or entertainment robots, like the Samsung Bot product line or the the small robotic dog from Sony, Ivo. Um, Mainly because of the potential of... The, the data they can gather on human-AI intera- in, interactions in the sense that the type of interactions we have with AI, AI digital assistants right now are requests, uh, unilateral, almost unilateral interactions and with these kinds of robots we can actually get how humans will engage with these AI agents from an emotional perspective and that's, that's invaluable, it's, it's almost like a, a glimpse into the future interaction between human, humans and machines, in a way, that will eventually come down the line. And that's, that's fascinating.
0: So final question, just for a bit of fun, what were the craziest things that you saw at CES?
1: For
2: me, smart Alexa-enabled toilet. We don't need to take the
3: paper there anymore, we can just ask Alexa for the news. <laughs> Uh, I found quite amusing the mocky cat bowl with face recognition. So basically it uh, recognizes whether it's the cat going for the food or is the, the dog. So no one steals the food of the other. So quite, quite interesting.
1: Yeah, mine, my favorite was, wasn't the craziest or weirdest, but was definitely the best. Three words, smart massage chairs. Smart massage chairs, they analyze your spine before starting the massage, and then proceed uh, in, according, in accordance to your build. And I'm sure you had to try of course, many of course, those. As an analyst, and, and so, solely for research purposes, we had to test a couple, and it's
0: definitely worth it. So we'll hopefully be getting one of those in the office then? <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Well thank you so much guys and I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today so thank you all very much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast you can follow us on SoundCloud or your favourite podcast app wherever you like to listen to podcasts and don't forget to get in touch with us you can find us on LinkedIn, on YouTube or on Twitter so our handle is idc underscore Amir and you guys on Twitter as well? Yep, F Geronimo F
1: Costa E Almeida
0: Antonio J Arantes Brilliant. So we'll put those descript- them in the description of the podcast below as well as a link to some of the videos too. So thank you all very much and see you next time. Thank you,
1: Miles. Thanks, Miles. Thanks.